welcome to the LMTP, Low Man on the Totem Pole podcast. We are your tough love work friends, talking you through your workplace or work from home woes and spurring you on to your own personal career highlights reel. I'm your co-host, corporate trainer with my head on a swivel, Katie McDonald. And as always, your host, coaching and development consultant, author of Low Man on the Totem Pole, Stop Begging for a Promotion, Start Selling Your Genius, and our resident pivot puppeteer, Heather MacArthur. Heather! Lord, happy 2021. Oh, I'm happy awful. new year. Happy refresh. Happy- <laughs> Let's reset. Through you, 2020. Yeah, let's. I, got I mean, a new boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> let's just pretend that whole thing didn't happen and uh, <laughs> started. I mean, over. my memory can 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 recall that it happened. When people ask me what I did over the holiday break, I'm like, I don't I don't know. I don't even know. I'm looking forward to just the complete amnesia that's going to overtake me in a matter of months where I don't, I don't even know what was going on last year. Um, but here we are. Well, I am thrilled to uh, take on the Heather role today of welcoming you to the show. Uh, we are, as always, walking our listeners through strategies, uh, attitude changes, and actions that are putting you in the driver's seat of your own career advancement. And most importantly, helping you understand what a successful, meaningful career is going to look like for you. Today, I have been really interested in talking about pivoting. How is your industry going to pivot? Is it pivoting? Are you watching out for the pivot? Are you pivoting in your current role? Pivot, pivot, pivot. Let's get into it. <laughs> Here we go. Pivot. If you're listening to our show and you're not familiar with, I mean, should I just, uh, should we just speak of the show? Oh, please, let's do. If you haven't watched Friends, then one, do it because you should. And second of all, at least find on YouTube somewhere like the Pivot episode because that to me is the height of everything for that show. I just love that episode. Because it is such a, it's such a compelling visual. It is Ross Geller stuck <laughs> on the stairs. He has uh, completely uh, wedged himself behind a sofa in a, a circular star- stairwell yeah. <laughs> in an apartment complex and is just screaming, pivot! 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 Which, uh, psychically, we are kind of all screaming, pivot! Right yes. now, we are yeah. all stuck on the stairwell wedged behind our emotional sofas and or our industry sofas. I actually wanted to uh, kick us off with a, a real life story that has been mulling around in my brain for actually over six months now. So just to tell a very quick version of the story. I don't know how many of you out there are familiar with Justin Willman. He has a phenomenal Netflix uh, magic show called Magic for Humans. It is uh, highly entertaining. My my kids loved it a couple years ago, right before they became teenagers and love nothing. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but Justin Willman was always kind of like, okay, well, there's a magician that's really he's he's working at his craft. But I've never been one for magic. I'm not. Not, yeah. not a fan. So cut to uh, March 
of last year, the only thing any of us remember is everything shut down, right? Uh, we're we're in lockdown. We're not allowed to gather with anybody. Uh, my husband works for a company that in June of every year typically does an all expenses paid kind of like family picnic day for the uh, for the clients or the employees and their families. They pivoted, and instead of doing an in-person gathering, they set up a situation where they sent all of their employees and their families uh, enough Grubhub uh, vouchers to kind of cover a meal at home and set up a really cool Zoom magic show. Okay, so when you hear Zoom magic show, (laughs) right, I'm sure all kinds of things are uh, (laughs) jumping into your brain. We logged on. We did not know it was going to be a magic show. The guest was being kept a surprise, but everybody was encouraged to share their screen and share their audio and video uh, for this interactive, fun celebrity guest. And when it came time to announce the celebrity guest, it was Justin Willman, and he put on a virtual magic show that I won't go into too much detail, but I was completely stunned by, A, the fact that he somehow did interactive tricks with people who were not plants, who my husband knows uh, are just regular employees of the bank. He made things appear in their living room. He knew what number on the card they had pulled from a deck in their own homes. Uh, it It was unbelievable. But the more unbelievable thing for me was I was watching with rapt attention the entire time as this dude, who I'm sure in early March had no... Uh, desire or inkling for how Zoom even works, had suddenly pivoted from a career in which his entire deal is close-up magic, where he's doing corporate shows all the time, but in these giant rooms, and he's doing crowd work, and he's actually interacting with live people. In two short months, he had become a certified Zoom technician. He was running the entire show by himself. He was doing crowd work on Zoom. He knew all the tricks and all the buttons. He was changing people's settings for them, (laughs) the other participants for them, like he was an admin. This dude had hardcore pivoted. And that has been kind of an example for me over this last six plus months as I'm looking around LinkedIn and just talking to uh, friends and people in my industry, people in other industries that are like just wringing their hands about, well, nothing is the same and everything's broken and who's to blame for the fact that we don't have the regular business models that we've always had. And there's there's a lot of, there's a lot to be bitter about. There's a lot of change. It's very scary. Nobody knows what's uh, what any of this is going to look like. But the only control that we've got in our hands is how we're going to pivot. So that's what I've been thinking about over the last little bit. Well, first of all, I'm I'm with you because I, I find mag- magicians. I don't know if they're. It's not they're creepy. They're not creepy because they're magicians. <laughs> but there's something. There's definitely. <laughs> but we're getting a vibe, and it's coming from somewhere. Yeah, but it's probably like a stigma of like, you know how like musicals weren't cool and then La La Land came out and everybody's like, never mind. And then Hamilton and they're like, musicals are cool again. But before that, it was like, musicals are cheesy. I think magicians are creepy. And for them to not be creepy, like cool musicians have to get, and maybe this guy who's zooming it up uh, is to make <laughs> magicians a much more normal. But, you know, if he could make stuff appear in, in, in the living room, I've always wanted, this is a sidebar. But if they could do this magic trick, and I'm still waiting for that, is where, you know, 
the TV shows food and then you just reach in and you grab the food. So when that happens, yes, I'll uh, be happy. <laughs> I would like to pivot to is, is <laughs> not that during COVID do I need more accessibility to food? Let's be <laughs> like, so that would be a very COVID answer to food delivery. Talk about a pivot is like, okay, you can't come to our restaurant, but we're going to, we're going to come to you. Anyways, that's for copyright Heather, uh, 2020. <laughs> but yeah, I, I know I love that this is brought up because one, I have always seen myself as a, uh, a pivoter, if you will, uh, more out of just sheer fear of being, you know, just left destitute. So when shit starts to kind of unravel, or even if I sense it's going to unravel, I always reference, and this is actually my, my, my nemesis of an insect. It, it, I literally, I can handle spiders. I can handle, you know, uh, centipedes, whatever insect you want to throw my way. I don't get the hippie jibbies the way that most people do, but you throw a cockroach my way and I freak the hell out. And the reason I do is because those people, those not people, maybe they are, uh, <laughs> are hey, cockroaches are people too. Yeah, right. cockroaches are, people. <laughs> uh, are pivoters like nobody's business. Like, Oh, Florida, we, you know, we fly here. <laughs> like what um texas we just grow big and it's like i i just there's every whatever's needed they do and i remember being a kid and i hate to share this but you know at a home that had some cockroaches and i i growing up as a kid i was like i hate them but yet i know i need to be one because that's Mm. the way to survive is to be pivoting before you absolutely have to pivot and I think this year or this past year, we saw the ones who won at this kind of craziness, there was a level of pivoting and and ideally pivoting with purpose of not just turn left because we can't go right anymore, really sitting back. And I, I love the description of this position of like, okay, I can't do that anymore. What is it that I want to be able to do? And how do I just do it differently? And I find that, you know, when people say there's so much change, I'm like, is there because I've got a feeling you're probably still trying to do the same kind of end results, like entertain people, provide medical care, feed people, like whatever it is, that's probably still a constant. But the how has just been completely like macheted. And but the pivot is around don't get so attached to the how and sit back and use allow that imagination to come up with another how. And I think sometimes we get so stuck on, if I haven't seen it before, I haven't done it before, it's either not possible or I'm not going to be good at it. And that's our biggest mistake is, is being able to kind of move into this space of, well, what do I got to lose? Let's try something else. And I think that's why a lot of innovation comes out of desperation or necessity is because people get to a point of, what do I've got to lose if I don't do this? Uh, you know, I'm out of options. So let me at least, let me try some crazy shit. I'm right there with you. First of all, can we double back to, I think that should be uh, some kind of a uh, a banner as you're entering Florida. Florida, the cockroaches fly here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think maybe uh, just kind of describing each state in the union by what the cockroaches do in that general vicinity could be a really helpful guidepost. I hate to say this, but I'm highly qualified to create that. <laughs> like, I, I'm very aware of a cockroach uh, behavior and adaption in Ooh. all the states Ooh. I've ever traveled to. Uh, I have problems. <laughs> I am literally getting the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Which you got to ask yourself, 
why does that insect give you the hippie-jibbies? Because it's like, it's just an insect. Like, flies are not, you know, people say, like, oh, they're dirty. And I'm like, well, flies are super dirty. And we're annoyed by them, but we don't get the heebie-jibbies. Maybe there's a few people out there that do, I'm sure. But, like, in general, we just kind of go, flies, ugh, they're pain. Cockroaches, <gasps> you know? Why is... I mean, is it partially their reputation that they're going to get it done? Yes! No matter how they have to do it? Yeah, there's, <laughs> like, a... And they, I think, also the level of uh, numbers that they travel. They're a community. Like, let's... You know, there's so many people who are not listening to our podcast right now because we've gone down the route of cockroaches. And I must apologize. This is true. (laughs) That was my doing. Uh, So we won't beat this. We won't won't go this any further because if I was listening to this podcast, I'd be like, I can't listen to this. I must say. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) But I I, I love what you're bringing up there that the, the industry that you are in may not be pivoting. So the question I was asking, what signs do you see that your industry is pivoting? Your point, I think, is the focus, which is what goods and services your industry has previously been delivering should not by and large be changing. There may be very few exceptions to that rule. But if you were a restaurant that was set up to get people to eat your food, that's still your end goal. Yes. If you were a hairdresser that is uh, out to do, you know, cut and color jobs, that is still your end goal. It's just that the how has to change. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think that's the thing is um, there's this level of, you know, I was talking today and they've, you know, we talk about like it's popular out there about the J curve for change. And so for people who aren't familiar, this idea that you're at this plateau, basically digging life the way that it is, and then something shoves you off the cliff. And this is what I mean by, and I've said this in other, other podcasts, is this idea that people say like, oh, I'm good at change. I call bullshit. You're not, <laughs> you're good at, you're good at doing things you like to do and you already bought into. So it might be that the company made a change and you happen to dig that change or it aligns with the way that you see the world. I absolutely thought I was just like a change master, but when something comes in and shoves you out of your comfort zone and you didn't choose it and you're not even sure if you're going to like it or be good at it. We all suck wind at change in that moment, and we're clamoring to get back up to our sense of normal. And you heard that all last year. When are we going to get back to normal? And then it was like, this is the new normal. And it's like, there's never going to be normal again. Nothing's ever going to be normal. And it's like, well, then that makes this normal. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, we're looking for that kind of stability. And I I just think that when 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 you understand that pivoting the faster you kind of lean into it and you get like, look, you're, you're upset, say bye to the, whatever the world was, be it's fine to be pissed that that's not available right now. It doesn't mean it's never going to be available. Um, but in the meantime, embrace reality as fast as you can, like what's showing up and what do I want to do about it? And I think the thing that really sucks us and I look, I talk this stuff and I still get thrown off by things. And sometimes it's a change that I chose And I sit there and go, I can't believe this is how that change is unfolding. This is not what I wanted to see. And it's like, how much time are you going to sit bitching and moaning that it's not what you want to see versus what is it that I want to do and what do I want to do about it? And I kick myself on a regular basis because I think about how much energy I expend bemoaning what I don't want to see. And the truth of the matter is, is I I really just don't want to have to take the action I know I'm going to have to take. And that's why I think sometimes... We have to get pushed into these desperate situations where we go, okay, 
I'm finally going to be doing this thing that I was, you know, it's part of the reason that people all of a sudden get healthy after having a heart attack is, is this idea of like, oh, I almost had to die for me to finally do the thing that I knew I needed to do. And I'm not scoffing at these people because trust me, uh, I, you know, I'm the first person to go, okay, well, I worked out one day. So, I mean, there's that. (laughs) But I think that is like, you know, those are the people that I think it's that we talked about it in another session is resilience and resourcefulness is that you can, you can withstand the times you get kicked off your plateau and that's the resilience but the resourcefulness is that you get creative and and just kind of focus more on accomplishing things than you do on the disappointment of it not being the way you wanted it to. Yeah, so you have to tap in. And yeah, I do remember what that was. I mean, that was 2020. So I don't even remember. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, but I do know we talked about it. Was I going to prom after that? Like, that's how far back that feels. I know, right? Had I learned to drive at that point? <laughs> No, but we we talked about uh, resourcefulness and resilience and how you can kind of build your muscles up and use muscle memory to start employing that in situations that seem scary or that are scary and that you need to find a way through. But when it comes to how to use that muscle to actually move where you are or or pivot how the sofa's coming down the stairs. Yeah. What does that look like? And there's a lot of different ways, kind of macro and micro, that I'm sure both of us in our our professional contacts, people that we're working with, our clients, are personally pivoting in the careers that they're breaking out in and that I see industries uh, pivoting in in this new bizarre time. Uh, I don't know. Have you seen any examples with any of the clients that you're working with of ways that the industries you're working with are actually kind of uh, pivoting towards whatever the new normal is going to be? Yeah, you know, I think I think probably the area that you see it the most um, is I see it at least. So I'll take my my thing of the local area of um, just food service. And there are a few restaurants in my area who I know previously never did like delivery. They're classy joints. You know, mm-hmm. the delivery is tends to be for like a, a mid-level restaurant that kind of has some, some upskill prices, but not, and then like the lower, you know, fast food joints. And even some of the fast food joints didn't get Grubhub delivery or any of that kind of stuff. And the ones that I saw move the fastest, you, I saw these places like steakhouses and really kind of upscale that was like, oh, we'll do delivery. And here's what I, I, I get. I get before that delivery probably would have cheapened their product. This idea that you can actually just get this, you know, high priced lobster delivered mm. and that somehow, you know, you can't guarantee the food quality or any of that kind of stuff. So it's like, it's, you know, th- they would normally know you must have reservations. We're so elite. And, and I saw a couple of them just really quickly pivot and throw themselves up on Grubhub. And I'm like, because I Grubhub all the time because I'm a lazy mofo. And so when <laughs> I like was looking on Grubhub and I was like, wait a minute, I get lobster delivered? Like, when's that going to happen? And, you know, I go to this place that I could never get a reservation at because it's always so busy. And now all of a sudden they're delivering. And I thought, but it's genius because this whole idea of it's hard to get in, no one's getting in anywhere. So you've got to kind of let go of whatever the perception was, whatever your competitive edge was yesterday because it's not that anymore oh isn't that interesting that's fascinating so they've actually opened up to a whole new level of clientele that was not interested in uh putting their name on a reservation sheet you know four hours in advance but if it's just a grub hubbable lobster roll yeah grab it from there yeah oh fascinating no 100 percent. and i thought i just thought that was 
you know, th- that's a small thing. And I, I'm, I'm looking at a lot of, I think what I saw on my end in terms of businesses are just businesses that said very quickly on, we're not going to tiptoe through this, this whole, like, we're going to be back in the office in a month or whatever. And I think the ones that just said, we're not going to go back. There's a few that just said, we're not going back into the office. We're not mandating being back in the office at all. It's not to say that we won't go back into the office, but we're not going to mandate it. We're just going to, we're going to go ahead and just say, you get to work from home and we'll let you know when there's office options versus where before it was, you work in the office and we'll let you know if we'll allow you to work from home. And they just flipped it and was like, fine, we're going to fully invest in this. And then later we can decide if we want offices anymore. So they went about looking, how do we break our lease? How do we get out of stuff? How do we start saving money in this area? And just make sure people have the equipment at home and not do this little dance of, do we open? Do we not open? Do we open? Do we not open? Right. And you make big moves. It Make the big moves first. Sometimes there are big, scary moves that you have to make in order to get the ball rolling in this new pivoting direction. And then, yeah, you figure out how to break the lease. You figure out what long-term, uh, you know, what long-term in-office uh, work looks like. Uh, yeah, I mean, a slightly different example. I am currently working in the automotive industry, and it's really interesting with the recent uh, political pivots that have been happening <laughs> since the beginning of the year. Uh, there are a lot of new mandates in the automotive industry in California, where we are, and uh, around the country as well, that a lot of states, uh, and possibly at the federal level pretty soon, there's going to be a mandate that all uh, new vehicles by, I think they're kicking around uh, 2030, need to be electric. And a number of automotive manufacturers that do not currently have electric vehicle models available and previously had no intention in the near future of creating electric vehicle models, all of a sudden, there are all these uh, models coming out and being planned and being announced that, hey, oh my gosh, now all of a sudden we're on board. It's like when it has to happen, there is a way for it to happen. (laughs) So it's kind of an interesting, sometimes uh, the pivot can conceivably force us into something that was probably good for us to begin with. Maybe it was good for us to be working from home more often than being in the office in some cases. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I think you, that's that's something that I think is important to, to take into account is this idea of, uh, and this is what I mean by pivot on purpose, is like, it's not like I was already writing articles and people were already talking about this idea of the nomad worker where they're not, I mean, I was one way before that because as a consultant, I'm like, well, now I don't have to go into an office. I I did all my work. And when I actually, when I worked internally at Disney, because I had a manager that was much more about, look, get the work done versus I got to see you in the office at nine o'clock every day. um, That I did it. I did most of my really hardcore work at home and then showed up for the things that I really needed to be in person for, certain meetings, classes, things like that. And um, and I always offered that kind of level of flexibility to employees that reported to me. And, you know, at that time, there's more business being done in person. So, yeah, you're going to have to be in the office more. You're going to have to be in person more. Um, but this idea of, like, no, I need you in the office because I don't know if I know if you're working like, I, I don't know how to break it to you. There are a ton of people shopping on Zappos while you're sitting there talking to them in the doorway. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm myself in any way, but 
many a boot was bought while someone was standing in the hallway thinking that I was working on a project. And it is an alt tab flick of the wrist for, <laughs> for you to all of a sudden see that I am heavily engrossed in the presentation. So let's get curious <laughs> about how good you were about monitoring people's performance. And so I just like that should have been happy, flexible workplace um, uh, time and whatnot especially if it's not in a situation. Now I get that if you're in a call center where there's certain hours that customers are calling or retail where you have to be there in person or else they can't purchase their item, like those things, like, but that's the business I'm signing up for. And I, I know that walking into it, but I think what was tough is there's just a lot of stress and people getting burned out because of childcare issues and all that, where it would have been eased so much. You would have increased the loyalty and commitment of employees by saying, I trust you, get your stuff done. As long as you're hitting the end results. I trust you to figure out how to make that a reality. And that should have been happening a long time ago. And so the fact that, that there's managers with, with, with a, 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 I won't say control issues, because really what it comes down to is trust issues with themselves. As a manager, can I trust myself to understand how to manage a staff that I'm not necessarily controlling every little move that they make? Um, that the, the COVID had to kind of force them into it. Well, I'm like, you know what? probably five years ago, somebody was talking to you about flexible workplace practices and flex time and stuff. And you were naysaying it because that was really just a threat to your plateau. This is what I'm used to and I don't want to change it. And if you were really paying attention, you'd understand this is where technology is taking us and you're ignorant to assume that it's not. I mean, that kind of gets to uh, how we on a micro level should all be pivoting if possible in our current roles to accommodate the changes that we see in our work climate. So if you are a people manager, yeah, we've talked about this. This has been a theme definitely since March. I know with the clients that you've been working with and a lot in uh, with the clients that I've been talking to and facilitating with as well, that there was a huge mental shift that needed to happen uh, in order to get comfortable and realize, oh, hey, the people that I manage, even when I don't directly have my eyes on them, are still turning in exemplary work, except for maybe a few of them that probably weren't turning in exemplary work before. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think, look, I think there was probably a lot of stuff that was happening and people had to, you know, this year was, was, was different than just doing a virtual team. You also had people that may have been doing exemplary work and, and if it suffered, it was most likely because of, you know, a five-year-old and uh, being home and mm -hmm. them not, you know, they're not meant to just sit and, and not do something and they couldn't go to school or preschool or whatever it was or there were no babysitters accessible or you had parents that you had to take care of, whatever that is. I mean, this is, I think that's another thing that managers had to pivot on, especially managers. Once again, this should have been something that they were doing uh, a long time ago, but managers who've kind of just stuck to that, as long as I'm managing the process, I don't necessarily have to engage as a human. And um, this whole like, Oh, leave your personal life at home kind of mantra of the eighties. is like, that's ridiculous. I'm, I, you know, I'm a whole human showing up and, and if you're not, uh, you know, willing to kind of address that, then you're only going to get half of my engagement. And I think, you know, the managers who are always kind of good at kind of recognizing I've got a, a human being I'm dealing with and they have other stuff going on. And not that I'm going to be their counselor or their therapist, but I'm aware that they've got certain challenges and I take that into consideration. That's about as much as we're asking people to do you know, moving forward, because we could talk about 2020. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that rap bastard doesn't deserve our attention. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but like, let's look at like, why, you know, it wasn't so much and that I'm hearing people kind of say that about 2021 is like, 
we're not even through January yet. And look at all the stuff that's happened. And it's just going to be another 2020. And, I, you know, I think that's a negative way to walk into it. I, what I like about the idea of <laughs> is the pivoting. I don't know why, but all of a sudden I had this pivot for, for peace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> pivot for purpose. I mean, you've got you've got our motto yeah, right, up, got, right up top. The, uh, <laughs> I don't know what other P words I could come up with. <laughs> Pivot for Pepsi. Someone could call me up for to be a Pepsi spokesperson then. Um, but there's this, I, I do think there's a level of like, we did have to pivot for survival last year. And I think this year, instead of bemoaning the fact that, oh, there's another change, there's another change. And I get it. People, I, I had someone ask me today is like, just how do you deal with change fatigue? And I'm like, well, one, you have to stop looking at everything as so unpredictable and, and just if you're experiencing everything as it's change is change. It's I visualize this person who is in the ocean and getting hit with wave after wave and going, I'm just exhausted. I'm like, yeah, cause you're treading water and every wave is coming at you. Like that's not a good feeling, but if you kind of go like, okay, the waves aren't stopping and I'm not getting to dry land anytime soon. So how do I start swimming somewhere, you know, grab a surfboard, get someone to, to bring in a boat but let's get headed somewhere. Um, I, I think that'll make it a lot different because it's also this idea of, am I just reacting to the changes that are throwing at me? Or am I going to drive some of those changes and create and, 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 you know, I'm going to be one of the changes that people have to reckon with and pivot because of in a positive way. And, um, I, I think this year, because we've kind of gone through this storm of stuff and I don't personally think this year is, you know, not that I'm trying to jinx anything. I don't think this year is going to be like last year. One, we're not the same. Um, and we're not focused on the same things. And, um, I, I, I think that there's, there's just a different opportunity here. And I, I, I go, if you're going to thrive in this year, you're going to, you're going to get to a space where you just stop fighting the fact that things don't look like they did before. And, and you're going to just assume that every day there's going to be some unexpected stuff. So what are the expected things that you can commit to? And what are the things that you want to make happen? And I, I, I think in a playing field like this, there's a little bit of all bets are off on a lot of different areas. And if people kind of recognize, look, this whole thing of like, that's not how we did it, or we need 15 people to sign off on that. When there's an environment of heavy pivoting, then we tend to be able to turn the ship a lot faster. People are much more willing to kind of go, we're not going to wait for 20 decisions on this. We're going to get, we're going to get one or two people to sign off and we're going to move. And uh, I think the companies and the teams that don't get to that, to that level of agility are really going to struggle this year. But I think a lot of people are just ready to let's do stuff. And maybe even, I know that like do things that feel good gets a really bad rap in business. This idea of like, well, no, you don't do things because of emotion. You do it because it makes financial sense or it's fiscally responsible. And I'm not saying just be a bunch of heathens and do what feels good. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm saying like things have felt pretty ugh for, for most people and sometimes worse than that. And sometimes maybe a little bit better than that. But for the most part, it's been a, ugh. and I, I think like, okay, so start tuning into the things that don't, that start to feel like, huh? Oh, that's exciting. Um, and start to look for those moments and start to latch onto them because you're going to need something that people are excited about to move towards. And you can still have fun at this. 
Um, when you know, I use the restaurants as an example, and I'm going to use a really small one. Is there's one that we we went to all the time, and there's a gentleman that works there. I honestly thought he was the owner of the restaurant. The way that he behaves, like when we talk about like having an ownership mindset, the way that he behaves, the way that he talks to the customers, I was like, well, he has to be the owner. He's just so invested in making sure you're having a good time. And when all this hit, I thought it's a small little Mexican restaurant, Mexican food restaurant. And I thought, God, you know, I, he's such a great guy. I wonder how how they're, you know, with withstanding through all of this. And maybe, you know, over the summer when things started to open up again, we went by and we, you know, we had done some pickup from them and whatnot. And, you know, because that was kind of the how to support your local restaurants. But I hadn't seen him. And so when they opened up for a period of a few months in California, we went there to go eat. And uh, asked him how it was. And, you know, once again, he just has this really awesome attitude. Now, maybe he goes home and he's a horrible person, but (laughs) he had this awesome attitude. And he's like, well, you know, we we really got lucky. Um, One, people came to us uh, a lot for takeout. And um, so we were super busy. And then in terms of the the wait staff, we had already had little space outside that we we had where it was easy to have people sit outside and um, these are some of the things that we did and everything was just, no, I'm not going to wallow in this too much. Here's the stuff that he didn't talk once about like some of the challenges that they had. And I'm not looking to sugarcoat things, but you, you know, this idea of, we could talk about how crazy this year is, but I guarantee you there's some people that like have seen, and maybe it wasn't like a global kind of experience, but they've experienced some really rough freaking years. And, um, and they probably, you know, I know, I know people like that, that have gone through stuff like that. I was talking to a friend of mine who I find out after knowing her for 10 years, not knowing anything about this, the amount of like her joints are just slowly wearing away. And she's a 30 year old young woman. And, um, she may not be 30. She may be in her twenties and I'm sorry for aging her, but (laughs) she shared this with me and I'm like, I would have never, you know, and then I'm complaining about like, Oh, you know, my ankles don't feel the same. And, you know, like it just ran <laughs> minor uh, things. And here she is living with us. She's like, well, you know what you, what is she, how does she say it? She's like, you know, what you realize is that um, people really don't want to hear you bemoan your problems. Like they're just not that interested. Hmm. You might get lucky to have one person in your life that really gives a rat's ass about what you're going through. But other than that, people really don't want to sit and wallow in your issues with you. And so it's just a waste of time to do in the first place. And why do I want people to be as miserable as I feel sometimes? And she's, so it doesn't help <laughs> help them. So I just move on. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. I love to say, I'm like, I, my, my podcast is halfway about me complaining about working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, news to me, people didn't want to hear me complain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that speaks a lot to and actually goes back to the analogy that that you had put out uh, a couple minutes ago of being in the ocean and deciding whether or not, okay, well, I'm just every time this wave hits me, I'm standing stock still and this wave just keeps coming at me and coming at me. And that's making change happen at you and to you. Yeah. And a different way to, to look at that, you actually ended up describing two different ways to deal with that. You can throw some power behind yourself and get in a boat or figure out how to rev the motor and start kicking against that change in the direction or against what's being thrown at you to overcome and go towards the destination that you had in mind originally, if that's still a viable option. You also pointed out the option that I am always going to go with, which is 
just go where the waves are taking me. Path of least resistance. <laughs> I'm going to go. I'm going <laughs> to float on my back. And if I uh, end up in a, in a cockroach den, so be <laughs> I like cockroach den. I like, I like to go with the... But you know what? There is something about that. Because I think sometimes people... I'm so disturbed by the cockroach den. But sorry, sorry, I like sorry. Playing <laughs> in a smoking robe. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, it's like a man cave, but for cockroaches. Yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, man cave. And uh, and I, I, um, I was coaching an executive, and their company was just going through a whole bunch of change. And their company was kind of a startup, and now they're in this growing pains of being a larger uh, organization that just needs more structure. So there was a little bit of reactiveness to them already. And then this year kind of threw more of that at them. Um, and when I first started working with her and, you know, we did a 360 and she's sharing, you know, up through the 360, I'm seeing some of the things that people are concerned about. And one of those is she really came across as having a lot of challenges when, when things weren't the way that she needed them to be. So um, what's interesting is, is, is I almost feel like this year, I can't even give my, my coaching credit for this. I think this year just kind of got her exhausted at, at, at wanting to, to, to make things certain. And at some point she just went, you know, Heather, I'm just kind of zenning out and allowing things to go. And I'm going to just enjoy the time with my kids as I have it. And, um, you know, if I'm not invited to that meeting, I'm just going to, I'm going to trust that things are going to work out. I'm going to trust that they get that I've got something to bring to the table and I'm just going to have dinner with my husband. And I've just got to trust that this stuff's going to work out. I can't keep putting this level of energy in. And I don't think she would have been in, gotten to that conclusion if we were coaching in, in a year that wasn't pushing things to such an extreme. Well, that speaks back to your example of everything feels ugh right now, right? We're all low-level ugh. But if you fine-tune that, if you tune your radar a little bit more and lean in and go, oh, that is way ugh, and then that's a little mm. So it sounds like she had a really bad year, but she found her she found her ums with having dinner with her husband, with spending more time with her kids, with actually like sitting down to dinner instead of being hunched over the computer trying to make things happen that were out of her control. Um, I don't know about you, but I, I know you and I are both facilitators in this bizarre day and age, and we are we were previously, at least I was, used to facilitating in front of people. Uh, and this pivot has really shown me how much I enjoy, I really leaned into the, mm, of virtual training. I'm like, oh, I have to work really hard to engage people, but look, I can use emoji in my training and I can start putting gifts in the chat and I can start getting, <laughs> um, there's all kinds of different ways. It's, it, it was real hard at first. I know frequently I am probably talking to a workshop full of people who are not listening to me and are doing something, doing, you know, they're side Skyping. Uh, while we're supposed to be engaging. But there are a whole bunch more people that I have uh, recognized are interested in engaging non-verbally via all of these new avenues that we have in a virtual environment. Um, so that's, it's been a revelation and something that I, even if we do go back to facilitating yeah, in front of people and with people in a live environment, I'm still going to keep that virtual option in my pocket just because it reaches more people that you don't get to necessarily see on site all at the same time. And it's, it's kind of fun. <laughs> I, um, but I, I do think there's a little bit of that, like, um, and I, you know, I am not the person who, you know, I, I'd say, I, I, I don't even know what I do with my time 
March through June because there was a lot of just obsessing over trying to feel productive. I got to be honest. Um, and uh, throughout the year, I think it wasn't until November, and it was when things had kind of lulled and hadn't hit the upswell after Thanksgiving um, that we saw. And you know, we we took a vacation, and it hit me. I was like, we live in a nice area, and it's you know, it's places a place that I've dreamt of living my whole life, but staring at the same thing every single day. I realized I was starving for variety and, uh, you know, we were traveling and my original plan at the beginning of the year was to travel to Australia, but they're not having us over there. <laughs> yeah. like, they got it. They got it under control. Yeah. They can't have us. <laughs> they're not, they're not letting us, you know, crazy people in there. And, uh, so, but all of a sudden I was like, Ooh, I'm at a gas station. This is exciting. Look at that side. I mean, I was just so right? to see variety. <laughs> I just thought to myself, and I'm like, you know, I, I didn't do that great of a job at giving myself what I needed to maybe experience this as a good thing. Now, I, you know, I didn't do a horrible job. There were moments where I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, get myself on the right focus. But I think of those times that life really kind of knocked me, uh, knocked my teeth in a little bit. And as I, I always, my, my always regret is I look back at that and I'm like, if I had known it would have lasted this long and this, and in the end, I would have been okay. I would have enjoyed myself a little bit more. I would have watched that movie. I would have taken that walk. And instead I spent a lot of time kind of obsessively doing, I don't know what I was doing, you know, whatever made me feel like I was possibly being productive or work focused or whatever. And in reality, I probably should have just, you know, like this manager said, I've got to trust that this is going to work out. And if that's the case, I got to start looking at it and going, how do I really want to spend this time in my life and not let the anxiety of the outside dictate my stress levels and pivot with purpose and pivot with purpose. And I think, I think when you do that, when you're able to kind of sit back and trust, that's when the pivoting starts to feel fun. Cause you know, a kid, kid who's playing a game and decides to all of a sudden, you know, never mind, we're not gonna play superheroes. We're going to play aliens. Like, that, that kid's not stressed about having to pivot. Like ideally, yeah. really it's a playful thing. And if you see a kid who's losing their mind because things aren't happening in the way, then nine times out of 10, we go, oh, there's issues at home. You know, like we, 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 <laughs> they're not getting the stability from somewhere. Um, but, you know, because we expect play to be fun and we and flowing and that there's not this certain way of doing things. And I think the only reason that we get so hung up on certainty is this idea of, we're trying to control the anxiety that we get from that little feeling of falling off the cliff. And I think if we just get a little bit better at trusting our environment and, um, and, 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 and just trusting things will work out and trusting ourselves that we'll figure it out. Then we calm down and we go like, well, what would be fun to pivot to? What would we you know instead of just doing it purely out of survival? Uh, I think there's a lot of creativity in there. And um, I think we'd end up, you know, experiencing this year. And that's my hope. I want to experience this year very differently um, than last year. And not that it was all a loss for me. Um, but I I realized that if I, if I could go back in time to this past year, as well as at least a good five or six other moments in my life, I would say, chill out. And if you find yourself with time, you don't know what to do with, you know, read a book, enjoy life, trust that it's going to work out for you. And I think, you know, instead of walking into 2021 going like, what kind of crap are they going to throw at us this year? Hmm. Really kind of going like, what's, what's some stuff that while everyone's kind of shaking loose, what's some stuff that I can kind of play with and playfully pivot to different things. 
We are playfully pivoting. We are pivoting with purpose. We are uh, east. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep riding this uh, this ocean waves analogy, pun intended, and say, yeah, we, okay, the waves are still coming in 2021. This is still the situation, but you get to decide right now while you're kind of treading water. Okay, I'm going to, you know, it, does it sound like more fun to pick up a surfboard? And and surf my way out of here and like, you know, engage my core muscles and get a little bit more definition. Sorry, I'm really <laughs> focusing on engaging my core muscles. Or am am I going to figure out how to engage my motorboat and get over skim over these waves to a greater purpose and, and find out what's working for me? But yeah, approaching it in a in a playful way rather than just continually getting, you know, eyes full of salt water. Yeah is uh is a good reset for this year the year doesn't feel any different just yet but what's different is us and we can pivot i i agree and i i and maybe that's just that's that's you know if people are looking for something practical okay so you're you're talking about pivots how do we actually pivot and i would say pick your three things that are stressing you out the most or giving you the most anxiety or irritating you the most pick those three areas and go, okay, then how do I, what do I need to do for one? Well, what would, what would equal bliss in these three areas? And what do I need to do to make that bliss happen? And in there, trust that even if you don't have every single detail, there's some voice in you that's going to come forward and go, well, I'm going to have to change this whole process, or I'm going to have to you know, get more money for this, you know, and trust that even if you don't know the immediate how, how, how details, that those are the areas that you need to pivot. If they're not working for you, you need to pivot. Pivot with a purpose. Pivot playfully. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I And I love zoning in on those feelings and really making sure those feelings are the the rudder. Now I'm mixing metaphors. That the, the <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying. Zoning in, making sure that, that is, that's truly going to be kind of your litmus test for, for what moves you forward. What is your mmm? Things that make you go mmm. Things that make you go, mm. We're really going backwards in time. We're heading back to Friends. We're heading back to CNC Music Factory. I know. We'll just. <laughs> I, don't, I, and I don't feel bad about it at all. I don't feel bad about it at all. Rich. I know. Those are the few things that I loved in the 90s. I wasn't that big on the 90s, but you, you're calling out some of my favorite spots. Oh, good. See, we got we to gotta lean in towards the things that make us happy. Yes. Well, you listening to our ramblings and shouting pivot make us happy. So if you have any thoughts about uh, what we've discussed today, if you want to share your pivots with us or uh, your pivoting problems over 2020 so that we can continue to talk it out, anything that's on your mind, pivot or otherwise, tweet us at LMTP Consulting. You can message us on Instagram, lowman on the totem pole, all one word, or you can email us at lmtppodcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys for joining us. Let's pivot with purpose into 2021. I love it. <laughs> I love it too. Thanks. Bye. Bye.